back in to our final episode of uh, No But Seriously, uh, a podcast where I, Joel Young, go through um, some of the pressing topics in mental health issues um, for our generation, the millennials, um, and hopefully people outside of that generation can uh, resonate with some of the things we say today. Um, so for this third episode, I've brought in probably my favourite guest, um, and this is coming straight after I've had my partner Madison on. So I hope you appreciate I this. Did. It's Braden Wed. Uh, Braden Wed, how are you today? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm, I'm well, thank you. Maddie, how are you? How are you now after that? It's <laughs> <laughs> grim. Um, so for those who don't know, Braden Wed, um, former law student, now politics student. Is it still politics? Politics student. Yes, yeah. I got it wrong last time. Um, politics student, uh, Brad and I have grown up together since we were little 13 year olds. Um, and I believe I, I would proudly assert that Braden Wed was the most, uh, in tune, sophisticated young student, uh, at our school. Uh, he just, he understood society on a different level. Wouldn't you agree? <laughs> oh, of course, Joel. I think you could really, I, you could really extend that point. Uh, even further, just please keep going. No, nah, I think, I don't know, Joel, you know, we were sort of um, curious young men. We were, I think we are in a, in a good year generally. I think what everyone was curious. Pretty, everyone was just, you know, just general, uh, like I enjoyed our year group at school because I felt like um, there were a lot of people who were sort of, uh, like I said, curious and uh, things in general, like um, sort of uh, things beyond the surface level. Yes, no, was, I would agree with that. We, we, uh, there were lots of us. Yeah, it was a good group actually. Mm-hmm. Um, so I brought you in today, Braden, because I want to I want to round out this series um, by looking into uh, the the way in which society has fostered what appears to be a greater risk of mental health, especially in our generation. Um, I mean, I don't want to I don't want to pretend that it's not going on in other generations, but I feel like our generation seems to be the first to really acknowledge it. Um, and accept it as part of society. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess my first question to you would be, without without you know delving into or without pouring your heart out too much, what are your experiences with mental health over, let's say, the last ten years? Um, we're about now twenty-two. Yes, <laughs> uh, the last ten years, I haven't had. Uh, such a horrible experience with mental health uh, within the past 10 years, I would say. When I was in third grade, I was just went completely rogue off the map and mum and dad didn't know what was wrong with me. I was, you know, it turned out to be anxiety mm. and like, but, but not, it wasn't obvious what was wrong. I just couldn't, I was just sort of um, not present and just crying all the time and just, withdrawing in all situations and yeah. it was like leaving the classroom and seeing a counselor all the time um and even in hindsight it still wasn't it's still not it's not quite obvious what the issue was to me i think it was more just a it was probably an identity thing it was struggling to uh and i think i i think this is sort of the basis for a lot of people's especially young people's uh, depression anxiety it's just sort of it's working out uh, who you are with respect to everyone else. I yeah. guess is what identity is. Yeah. So um, that lasted for about 
most of that year, I'd say, really eight months, certainly through the whole time of school. Yeah. Maybe the summer holidays, things improved. But it was a really intense sort of time. And then things were, things were fine and it sort of, everything sort of switched back and resumed as normal, like strangely, like just sort of all, all done. And then a similar thing happened when I was in year six, same sort of experience with no uh, obvious diagnosis for what the problem was. Mm. Um, but then after, that was sort of shorter, and I kind of thought, well, shit, is this just going to keep happening? Yeah. I guess the the second time I would have been 12, 13, and so it's, I guess adolescence sort of like, so I think what I felt was, it was just like the sort of, sort of teenage angst that most people go through but just like concentrated and condensed down into like mm-hmm. a six month period for me which was strange yeah um and again and we'll get into this later but that touches into my sort of idea that a lot of people's depression especially the ones where you can't actually it's not obvious what the problem is there's no like external factor that you can point towards easily like that if someone's they're not getting bullied like if someone's fitting in quite yeah. well yeah and they're actually they've got they're good at certain things and they've got a good relationship with their parents when there's no when you can't find any external factor then I I would posit that often at times they're probably going through an internal struggle to find out work out who they are with respect to society what, what kind of person they can be yeah um, but then after that after I got through that particular period it was um, it's been it's been good so that's you know all through high school and now it's been broadly good with like ruts yeah know, with ruts and what I imagine and what I know everyone goes through yeah absolutely yeah how about yourself <laughs> <laughs> well you might have you might have already delved into this in previous uh, ones but you know I don't know have I I might have I'll give you the highlights mm-hmm. um the highlights <laughs> doesn't sound fitting for 2004 <laughs> the highlight reel of my depression <laughs> no, so. um no yeah I think I had a similar experience through I mean I'd say mine's been a bit more constant Mm. Um, probably from yeah about kindergarten year one that's when I sort of started picking up those um, characteristics of an anxious child mm. uh, I think around maybe 10 when I was 10 I think I went and saw a counsellor for the first time um, but and I'll go into this with you more but I feel like at that stage I didn't know enough about it to be able to address it like even at a counsellor they like to for kids at least they're sugarcoating it a lot I don't Mm -hmm. know if you had that they sugarcoat a lot they weren't really addressing like they weren't trying to explain to me what was going on Mm. they were just saying you know how do you feel Mm. and when you get scared you should do this but it's like I don't know why I'm getting scared Mm. like I I need I wanted them to tell me that but anyway um, and then since then I think my anxiety sort of evolved a bit especially through high school it's um as as you you know growing up it's not the same things that are going to start worrying you it's not the same way it's going to present itself so mm. i mean through high school it was i mean i would say through high school i was pretty good it was pretty under control um after university i think i mentioned this with jordan but um after university it sort of spiraled out a bit and that's i think that is putting a lot of is it after high in, school after high school yeah. yeah so i'd say yeah once going to university new job, all that sort of stuff. It sort of just triggered a lot, spiralled out. But um, I think, yeah, it took me another year or two to then go back to a therapist, which I'm still at now. Mm. You know, it's um, 
It's been a journey. Yeah. But um, a prolonged one, and I put that down to lack of education, which I'll get into in a minute. But first I want to say, so we went through your experience with mental health in your own terms, but what about external to you? Um, we both... I mean, of the three guests that I've had on, you were definitely the closest with our friend Darcy, who we did lose to mental health issues. Um, and, I mean, I know for me it was a very tough time. That's Like, the last six months have been shocking. Um, and I can only imagine it's been similar for you. Mm. What What has mental health been for you in external? Like, not even, like, before Darcy and after Darcy, What's how have you experienced it? in that way do you mean as in what have how, have how I responded has, to the external factors around yeah have you, you have you had to um, I mean have you had friends that have come to you or have you noticed yeah, friends um, that seems to be that's, that's been quite a big one and this will go into what you were saying before about um, how after sort of days like are you okay today things and discussions sort of taper off but I know that a few friends of mine, uh, some in particular, weren't doing well after Darcy. Like, because there's so many layers of grief that come with mm. that sort of event. Um, uh, moving past the sort of um, how and the why, you just sort of get into this sort of um, a deep sort of existential angst about how can we live in a sort of universe like what where are we living where that sort of thing happens where someone who's so jubilant and happy and so um respected and 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 liked broadly uh would go do that it's just such a it sort of shakes up people's foundation i think of what how they think people work with yeah. something when someone in particular like him does it of course it's a tragedy when it happens to anybody mm. um and so i think a lot of friends I know who were even closer to Darcy um, closer in the months and years preceding um, his death because obviously um, I'd moved away um, to Canberra and I'd come back um, and he had his full time job we, obviously I'd see him every now and then mm. but people like so like Zach and um, whoever else I'd, I know mm. that I think for a lot of them it was just so uh, harrowing in terms of well, if he can, then obviously anybody anybody could, and it's yeah. hard to sort of it's hard to categorize anyone anymore into who and who wouldn't. Mm. Um, it shakes all of that up, um, and I think um, there was a lot of attention given to each other um, in the weeks after and the months after it happened, especially those who those people who who I can think of right now who were particularly bad. Um, and um, it's I'm not sure it's not, I don't think it's to anyone's fault that uh, those discussions sort of taper off over yeah. time which is a problem that is a collective problem it's a sort of a collective action thing mm. to address like how to, how to make sure that those discussions are kept salient uh, beyond uh, are you okay day and beyond yeah. someone actually dying it's trying to work out how to keep it constant in dialogue mm. just throughout the years just all the time um, but yeah certainly there's been there's been lot, there was lots of it in the months after but um, discussions about mental health uh, generally and 
uh, Darcy in particular, uh, haven't been, I, have, I have personally haven't been engaged uh, in a lot in the in recent weeks and the recent yeah. months. I've been, you know, I've, I've moved to Sydney now and was planning quite a bit, like going on house inspections and I haven't seen uh, a lot of the guys down here as much as I would. So it's, um, it's, it's uncertain how much it's still in discussion with those guys who are closest to me. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it is, it is a hard thing, especially when, especially like our generation, we're at that point where there's a lot of changes happening. So like you're moving away, um, I've got a new job, you, you get caught up in these other things that you're doing and it's a bit harder to stay in touch with everyone. And, you know, that sort of stuff, it unfortunately can lose its priority in your day-to-day life. Mm-hmm. Um but I think the the lack of how would I put this the lack of instilling that um, occurs in our early childhood regarding the importance of mental health I feel like it's showing that effect where we get to this point and we're having to be forced to like once a year be reminded oh this is a thing that happens when someone actually dies yeah exactly mm. So, it's a cultural thing. I guess um, first, I'll lead with this. In your primary school, did you do you recall ever having any mental health discussions or education at all? Like even up to year six. No, only and I, I would say that this actually this doesn't count. It was only when. Uh, it was made apparent to the teachers and um, obviously I've been going to the counsellor a lot. So it was only then uh, discussed with me after that. That yeah. sort of, there was no, this was, I don't recall any sort of preemptive or like comprehensive yeah. sort of, sort of preemptive um, educational programs about yeah. this sorts of things. So and this was just a discussion with you, not with the class? Well, yeah, it'd be in, in, in context that were, that were designed for, yeah, uh, counseling, which isn't, I would say, isn't the same as I guess what you're sort of getting at, which is just like uh, sort of all-encompassing sort of uh, programs that are within the curriculum. Mm. I don't re- remember them any in, in any great deal. I think I don't think it was a, and if there were, I feel like they were sort of. It wasn't. I don't want to say tokenistic, but certainly not. Certainly not um, anything too robust. Yeah. You know, just they. You know. It was more sort of like, I guess, sort of platitudes about, you know, being nice and like talking if you have any yeah. issues. It was never, I mean, at least for me, there was never any, no one ever used the words of anxiety or depression. That's it. That's actually that's cool. it. Anxiety. That was, that was the thing, I think, in particular that wasn't addressed. I would say that it's strange, isn't it? I, for, I don't know. I can't speak for... You and I can't speak for the country greatly, but we were in school in the mid 2000s to late 2000s primary school. Um, it was anxiety that wasn't that was seemed to be the most um, the biggest abstraction that was mm. not uh, clearly sort of conceptualized. Kids, I think. Yeah. I would say that that's that's part of the main key. When you said it, that made me remember. Like it was why I think the counselor and. Uh, mum and dad had such a hard time working out what the issue was because depression, well, that can also be 
well, of course it is also complex and, and horrible. Um, I think gen- it has generally has a connotation of um, being able to attribute it to something a little bit better, a, bit, a little bit easier. Like yeah. it's a little bit more. There's you can sort of you might be able to draw a line of causation a bit easier. Mm. Maybe not, but with anxiety, I think at least in my experience in the primary school, it, it wasn't discussed because it, it's because it, my understanding of anxiety is that the nature of it is it's often it's hard to diagnose what the, what the problem is. Yeah, and so if you don't have an understanding of what it is, when you've got a kid who's just you know, beside himself all the time. It's if you, it's kind of hard to uh, investigate it more at a more deep level if you don't sort of understand the nature of what the anxiety is. Yeah, I'm not sure if that's this my experience. If if, it, if it's I'm not sure if it's broadly true that um, anxiety trailed depression in in sort of collective discussion. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's how I'd characterize the school in in discussions around mental health it was just like it was all not too comprehensive which I don't yeah. blame the teachers for it's just not yeah it's just um, it's a broader cultural problem it's not it's no specific teachers fault it's no specific principals fault yeah. it's just a, something that has to be addressed on a collective level beyond yeah. one school but I would say that it was all broad but in particular anxiety wasn't it wasn't clear what that was mm. and it wasn't tossed around very much yeah what about you I, yeah, I don't recall ever having any sort of lesson plan or one-off event at school where they covered anything about mental health. There was a massive, um, massive strike against bullying, which, was that at your school as well? Mm. Yeah. There was a real importance placed on that, um, which I don't know if that's, that was their way of trying to, I don't know, counteract the causes of some mental health, but I think the lack of education around it, at least for me, was not helpful in my own uh, comprehension of what I was going through. So, I mean, it took me a while to figure out what was actually happening in terms of my mental health and anxiety and all that stuff. And then once I did, it took me even longer to know that I wasn't like the only one going through that sort of thing. And I think not having just one class where they just sit you down and go, right, this Mm. is what, like in the most basic terms, this is what mental health is. This is what people can suffer from. A lot of people like experience it. If you have any further questions, Mm. you can come talk to us. There was none of that. Like that's the bare minimum that Mm. I would expect. But to, to... um, to rebut some people's question over the validity of mental health discussion in schools, do you think children of, say, eight or nine years old are mature enough to take on a lesson like that? Yes. Yes? I don't think... I don't think um, at that age, kids aren't... At that age, kids are they're they're verbal by they're well and truly verbal by that stage. Yeah. They're intuitive. There are you know obviously there's behavior issues, but like kids are so observant and receptive to things. I think, um, and it's particularly at that age, is there's I don't think rebellion has kicked in too mm. greatly yet. I'd say even earlier you could start instilling some of those uh, things in if you. 
we started earlier than nine. Um, maybe maybe if it wasn't discussed in a sort of class sense, like it wasn't too abstract. Yeah. This notion of depression or anxiety, but if you could sort of do your best to instill a culture within the peer groups of um, checking on one another, because I think how it has been uh, thus far is that you check on your friends uh, for any particular outburst um, specifically, like if there's something, if they're sad about something in particular or something's happened, like they someone stole their toy or they hurt or like, they, I would say that at least in my school it was, you know, it was taught that you should, you know, make sure everyone's okay. Mm. Um, but in the same way that I think you were describing the way that your therapists in the past have spoken to you about just talking like, oh, how are you feeling? How are you doing this? I think there's all, it's, it's sort of band-aid solutions to it. Yeah. You don't want to put, I wouldn't, I wouldn't suggest that you should expect, you know, six, seven-year-olds to walk around being little psychologists yeah. with their friends. Um, but from an early age, you can instill the sort of that sort of notion of ch- of checking uh, with your friend. I think somehow I don't mm. have, I'm not entirely sure how you'd, you'd go about that. I think they probably have it in some form at alternative sort of schools like Starner schools. Yeah. Um, just with the way the classes run, it's less competitive and it's mm. more sort of I guess it's a greater camaraderie. Classic word of, <laughs> from our past. Um, but certainly by age nine. I'd say that you could bring it in. It's all about how you do it as well. Yeah. Like if you, you treat the, you, 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 you plan out the lesson and cover all the topics, but you do it with respect to their age. Yeah. And the, the main thing is, is that anything that you do would have to be done over a long period anyway. Like if you wanted to do it at nine, it'd have to be part of a long-term curriculum to really ingrain it because that's the only way they're going to know it's important. Yeah. You know, like we, if we're going to cover, we're going to cover, you know, um, in school, if you're going to cover, you know, different sorts of birds for a sort of tokenistic lesson with the, uh, <laughs> with the geography teacher, like it's just not, things are, some things are unimportant. I think kids know when they're unimportant. Like there's some yeah. things you learn in school, especially for a lot of people that's English, yeah. where it's just going through the motions and it's unimportant. Mm. Um, and you get that when th- some things are just objectively unimportant. Yeah. But you also get that you also give that impression to the kids when things are taught only once or twice or aren't are sort of told robotically by teachers or whoever's delivering the, the particular class. Yeah. So it has to be done on sort of over over a long period of time. And yeah, I would I would say you could start before nine. Mm. Well, that answers my next question. Would you suggest that? I mean, I've got my opinion on this, but would you suggest that that has to be included in statewide curriculums or would you suggest that it's just a third party coming into schools and teaching this like once a year? Because uh, I'd say it'd have to be... Oh, no, no, it'd have to be in the curriculum um, and it'd have to be part of uh, what prospective teachers are taught at university. Yeah, because um, that's really not tricky. And this would have to be sort of um, sympathetic with the teachers is because you're dealing with a classroom of 20, 30 kids. Mm. Um, it's, it, wouldn't be, it wouldn't be that fair to say you have a responsibility, sole responsibility to instill a new culture in these kids yeah. and be a sort of de facto psychologist to them. Um, 
it's a sort of as I said it's a collective effort the teacher has to learn parts of it yeah. the parents have to become familiar with it um, and if it becomes in that way it becomes sort of a community thing a community effort for culture change and you can't that way you're not that way it's more likely to be effective for a start and you're not putting pressure on one particular actor in the kids lives the parents yeah. the teacher or just um, just general community figures for the yeah. kids so it has to be sort of a collective thing which I think people are up for I mean I, don't, I know you know things aren't things aren't perfect but I'm optimistic I'm, I, I sense that things do are progressing in that field yeah. I'd say that even in my experience with our, with our sort of larger friend group it's not although I can't speak for say um, I guess the sort of more masculine groups of Chimera and mm-hmm. sort of footy boys I'm not sure what it's like in their circles Yeah, but I know that for me in the sort of circles that I have around the place it's it's really not a problem I can I can bring things up yeah or at least as a good a sizable amount of people so I do feel like there is change happening progressively yeah so it's not like it's not it's not all dire mm-hmm. well we will be wrapping up this first part of the episode quite quickly but um, just before we do I just want to get your thoughts on we talked about primary school education what about high school how did you find mental health talk about in high school because I mean all I recall was the um, REACH program which mm-hmm. I think we did once or twice mm-hmm. a year or something yeah um, other than that I don't recall much we did go to the same school hmm uh, yeah that was that was obviously the main one the REACH thing and it was very um, one and done and it's just this is what we were sort of getting at before with how hard this issue is and how it's not anyone's fault that it's not a collective, th- an ongoing thing because that REACH program would happen and some kids would literally just pour their hearts out mm, and just really, yeah. really let it, let it out. And um, the teachers present, if there were, I don't remember if there were any teachers present in the room, but whoever was in the room, the students, let's say the teachers and whoever else, um, you know, you'd, you'd feel for the person quite deeply. Mm. Um but the nature of, I think, people's individual minds, you know, thinking about yourself over time, you're not going to be always thinking about this person. If you're not friends with mm-hmm. them, that empathy will sort of erode because you can't be going around, like, it's hard for people to go around being empathetic with everyone all the time. It's, yeah. like, it's like empathy fatigue when, you know, the 24-hour news cycle, seeing all the bad stuff happening in the mm-hmm. world, it's just it's like, oh, another another death another massacre it's just like it's too yeah you desensitise you, you desensitise and you it, it's limited emotional energy yeah um, so this is why it's so tricky it's just like yeah we have to keep up the, ch- the discussion um, more regularly throughout the year I think Reach was actually I actually think that I actually rate that program I think that was actually a, it's a, definitely a step in the right direction it just should be more the principles explored by that pro or sort of um the sort of principles espoused in that those those particular teachers, those third party teachers, should be adapted into the school system more on a more regular basis because yeah, that, could, that could be an effective thing. Like people, like you really, it would have been. I didn't. I never spoke, but I imagine for the people who did speak, um, it was a sort of precious moment for them because yeah. um, it was overcoming the nerves to say it. Mm. Um, not everyone likes speaking in public, so you just you're breaking that yeah. fear as well. Um, and then everyone genuinely, genuinely feels for you. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's not, it's, it's, you could even like, 
you wouldn't if you had it more regularly some elements of that throughout the year at the school it wouldn't be as intense each time say like you wouldn't like you'd expect it to be a little less intense each time but that would be fine as well like say if they um people were spilling their hearts out like there was less to say because they they've, they've already overcome other things that they've already talked about it collectively yeah. in the class so it wouldn't be as um it'd just be the intensity of one session a year would just be divided amongst multiple similar sorts of sessions throughout the year which yeah. would be more helpful and from what I could tell uh, plausible well I think we've covered off that quite well mm. um, alright we'll wrap this part up now um, so in our next part what are we talking about we're going to be talking about culture and um, the way that it is um, giving birth to mental health issues in our generation uh, Braden. thank you very much any, any last thoughts for this part no last no last thoughts this is you know I'm in a I'm in, a, I'm in some sort of dingy dingy shed I'm hot I need to get some water into me before we continue I'm going to pass out no one knows I'm here so <laughs> send help <laughs> alright uh, thanks for listening in um, give this one a share um, we thank Braden Wade for his time he's uh, an absolute pot of gold in the metaphorical sense the knowledge he spouts out is precious to us all um, yeah, thanks for listening, and we'll uh, we'll see you next week. And thank you for doing this, Joel, oh, for a courageous you. a courageous act setting these things up on a regular basis. Thank you. I don't know anyone who's done anything similar at all and has such a clear passion for it, both from the perspective of your own struggles and also, uh, I guess, trying to create a forum or platform for people who, on a more local level, are grieving over Darcy and just trying to get through the struggles of being young as well so it's, it's admirable what he's doing he's a courageous man thank you Brad thank you alright we'll see you again next week